0: Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, this is Herman from Adventures in Death Care coming to you with episode two of the Adventures in Death Care podcast. Today, what I'm going to talk to you guys about is what's known as the FTC funeral rule. Um, We're going to go into what the Federal Trade Commission regulates in regards to Funeral services and merchandise, especially all the rules that funeral homes must follow in order to be compliant with the FTC funeral rule, as well as my views about it. And I'm also going to be giving you guys a few scenarios from something I got at mortuary school to kind of paint the picture of how a consumer is protected when they're shopping for funeral goods or services. So first and foremost, let me give you a little, little snippet of what the Federal Trade Commission is. The Federal Trade Commission is an agency of the federal government. It was created in 1914, and it was essentially created to promote free and fair competition by prevention of trade restraints, price-fixing, false advertising, and other unfair methods of competition. The funeral rule was not introduced until about 70 years after the Federal Trade Commission came to happen. There is some views as to how the funeral role came to be but more than likely you're gonna hear that the reason that the FTC created this funeral role was after the controversy that Jessica Mitford's book The American Way of Death created after it was published. Jessica Mitford Blew the dark curtain, we're going to say, of the funeral industry and kind of revealed some practices that funeral directors and homes were doing that were very questionable in their actions. And so the FTC said, you know what, there was too much controversy going. With this industry, let's regulate it and let's create something that will help and protect the consumer. Remember last week, well, it wasn't last week, but when I recorded the podcast, the first episode, I talked about how the funeral director and the embalming license, about how those licenses are from their They're provided by the Cemetery and Funeral Bureau that is regulated by the Department of Consumer Affairs. The reason that people get licensed is so that our respective agencies, they're able to acknowledge that we are treating the consumer in the right way. Our licenses in the funeral industry are not to protect us whatsoever. Absolutely not the licenses exist to protect the consumer. So that's what in California, the department of consumer affairs does and the FTC funeral rule for the death care industry, it goes at a higher rate. So what I'm going to read to you is basically the federal trade commission's funeral rule, what it is, um, what a consumer rights is under this rule. And then I'm going to give you about 10 different scenarios that will show you, whether you're a funeral prof- um, professional or just a regular consumer listening to that. Um, it'll I'll let you know how to deal with that. okay. So the funeral rule enforced by the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, makes it possible for you to choose only those goods and services you want or need and to pay only for those you select, whether you are making arrangements when a death occurs or in advance. The rule allows you to compare prices among funeral homes and makes it possible for you to select the funeral arrangements you want at the home you use. The rule does not apply to third-party sellers such as casket and monument dealers or to cemeteries that lack an on-site funeral home. That very last sentence was a very, very good last sentence because you got to realize that a funeral provider that falls under the FTC funeral rule are those that offer funeral goods and services, meaning in order for them to have to follow this funeral rule, you must have to offer both goods and services, not one or the other. If it's one or the other, it does not fall under the Federal Trade Commission's funeral rule and that's a whole different regulatory, regulatory compliance issue. So what is the consumer's rights under the funeral rule? Well, the funeral rule gives you the right to buy only the funeral arrangements you want. You have the right to buy separate goods such as caskets and services such as embalming or a memorial service. And you do not have to accept a package that may include items you do not want that means if you only want a simple service and a professional is telling you no you should get this you as a consumer have a right to say yes and no to those services that you want and you do not want and that's all you have to pay for those services that you requested for another right that you have is getting price information over the telephone Funeral directors must give you price information on the telephone if you ask for it. You don't have to give them your name, address, or telephone number first. Although they are not required to do so, many funeral homes mail their price lists and some post them online. When a person calls a funeral home, we have to look for what is known as triggering events. Triggering events are any events or conversations that will lead to discussion of funeral services or goods. For example, let's pretend that I call ABC Funeral Home. ABC Funeral Home says, Hi, how are you today? And I said, I'm great. Do you offer cremations? The funeral home, ABC Funeral Home, can say yes, because if they do, they do. But here is the caveat. If I were to say, hello, how much are your cremations? The ABC Funeral Home will have to, by the FTC Funeral Rule standards, give me that price information as soon as I ask for it. This is one important factor that... A lot of funeral homes do not understand or they underestimate. I personally believe that if you're going to have someone answering the phones at any funeral establishment, that they be pretty familiar with the funeral rule because any breaking of this rule can lead to about a $10,000 fine. The um, funeral rule was created for exact transparency so that the consumer and the funeral home, there's there's nothing hidden. And if ABC Funeral Home was to say, oh, you have to come in for that information or, oh, I'm not going to give you that information unless you give me some information so I can know who you are, they have already obstructed the funeral rule whether it's competitors whether it's someone who's not even going to be using that funeral home as soon as a triggering event occurs the rule has to be followed another right that a consumer has under the funeral rule is get a written itemized price list when you visit a funeral home the funeral home must give you a general price list it's also known as a gpl that is going to be yours for the consumer to keep It lists all the items and services the home offers and the cost of each one. I remember when I first started mortuary school, our very first assignment was to go to a funeral establishment and to acquire three different price lists. The GPL, the CPL, which is the casket price list, and the OBCPL, which is the outer burial container price list. They did that for us. For, I believe, two reasons. One, to make sure that funeral homes are following the rule. And two, to get us acquainted to our future colleagues and try to network within the industry. That assignment was used for a further um, different type of assignment, but that's neither here nor there. What I'm saying is students were sent out to acquire the GPL, CPL, and OBCPL, and luckily... 98% of the funeral homes that we were sent to happily obliged. Those other 2%, well, that's a whole different story, but many people are following that rule as they're, they're meant to. Another right that you have under the FTC funeral rule is see a written casket price list before you see the actual caskets. Sometimes detailed casket price information is included on the Funeral Homes GPL More often, though, it's provided on a separate casket price list. Get get the price information before you see the casket so that you can ask about lower-priced products that may not be on display. A lot of funeral establishments have on their GPL some of their most often-purchased caskets, but you will notice um, usually at the bottom of that little list, it'll say um, there's a I don't know the exact wordage. Um, They'll probably say a full casket price list will be available at the funeral establishment upon request, something like that. And that's another triggering event. Um, As soon as a consumer mentions caskets or the professional, if they mention caskets, if I even see a casket when walking into the funeral home because they're supposed to be hidden, Because, again, of triggering events. If I were to even walk in a funeral home and already see caskets that are being sold, I better be handed a casket price list at that very same exact moment or else the funeral home unknowingly has already violated the funeral rule. Another right that you have is obviously see a written outer burial container price list. Outer burial containers are not required by state law anywhere in the U.S., but many cemeteries require them to prevent the grave from caving in. If the funeral home sells containers but doesn't list their prices on the GPL, you have the right to look at a separate container price list before you see the containers. If you don't see the lower price containers listed, ask about them. Same thing goes with the casket price list, just, um, just like the casket price list, the OBCPL. It's another triggering event and a price list must be given to the consumer. One of the things that is very different about what the FTC says and California says is the FTC only requires the funeral establishment to give a copy for the consumer's retention of the GPL. It does not say that for the CPL or the OBCPL. California though has chosen to be more stringent in their in their rules for following the FTC funeral rule and the FTC is no more than is is very happy about that because not only is California giving Customers the GPL for retention, they're also giving them the CPL and the OBCPL. So that's what's cool about California's. Like I said, sometimes they have very minimum low licensing standards. But when it comes to protecting the consumers, California is all about that. Another right you have is receive a written statement after you decide what you want and before you pay. Before arrangements are paid and they have been selected, as well as the goods, you will receive what's known as a Statement of Funeral Goods and Services selected. This is basically a list of everything that you chose to get as a consumer and its prices and the total. This happens right before you sign the contract. It's basically you looking at what your receipt is going to be before your receipt is actually done. And that's. Again, that's another thing that's used to protect the consumer. You only pay for the items you do want and you do not pay for those that you do not want. It should show exactly what you are buying and the cost of each item. The funeral home must give you a statement listing every good and service you have selected, the price of each, and the total cost immediately after you make the arrangements. So like I said... It's after you select the arrangements, but before the contract is signed. Another right that the consumer has is get an explanation in the written statement from the funeral home that describes any legal cemetery or crematory requirement that requires you to buy any funeral goods or services. For example, many cemeteries like we told you, it, they require an outer burial container to be placed around the casket so that the um, land above it does not cave in. That is not a U.S. law. That is a cemetery law. So if the funeral home is at a cemetery or they know that you're going to a cemetery, they must let you know if they're making you buy an OBCPL, they have to... Distinguish what the exact reason is. And more than not, that reason is going to be because the cemetery requires it. But they will give you that in writing. Another right that the consumer has under the FTC funeral rule is use an alternative container instead of a casket for cremation. No state or local law requires the use of a casket for cremation. A funeral home that offers cremations must tell you that alternative containers are available and must make them available. They might be of unfinished wood, pressed wood fiberboard or cardboard. That last word cardboard is basically what an alternative container is. Um more than not they are usually Included in the direct cremation packages that I've seen. Some funeral homes will charge extra for the alternative container. I've seen it anywhere from $75 to $150 extra. But it is basically a cardboard box. It meets the minimum requirements of a crematory. It's leak resistant. It is... It's a... I don't even think it has to be rigid. I know cemetery law, um, crematories want it to be rigid, but California law does not require it to be rigid, but it also has to be combustible because it has to burn during the cremation process. Another right that a consumer has under this funeral rule is provide the funeral home with a casket or urn you by elsewhere. The funeral provider cannot refuse to handle a casket or urn you bought online at a local casket store or somewhere else or charge you a fee to do it. The funeral home cannot require you to be there when the casket or urn is delivered to them. Many times a family will go to Costco or Walmart or even an off-funeral home-based casket provider or urn provider. And that is totally legal. They fall under those third-party salespeople we were talking earlier about, the ones that don't fall under the FTC funeral rule because they're not a funeral provider because they don't do goods and services. But a family can use a third-party vendor for that casket and the funeral home cannot refuse to use it unless there is a reason. Like if they see that the casket might not handle well when when the person's loved one is in there they might say something about it but if it more than likely they cannot refuse it only when there is an imminent danger when it comes to using it or something might be off but that's I'm not going to say that's rare because a lot of funeral home litigation has happened because of that but Also, another reason that a funeral establishment will want you to purchase a casket is because they have a contract with a casket vendor, whether it be one of the big ones like Batesville, Aurora or Astral. They're going to want you to purchase a casket because they they know that certain companies make higher quality caskets than a casket you'll get at another company. Personally, I really, I really don't care what a consumer chooses to use because it is their right to choose. As long as the casket is not falling apart and it hasn't been used before because that's legal. You cannot use a casket once uh, another person's loved one has been there. I'm all for it. It's your right to choose. You are the consumer. That's all that matters. A, and one of the last rights that, not one of the last rights, but one of the gist of the last rights that you have as a consumer under the FTC funeral rule is make funeral arrangements without embalming. No state law requires routine embalming for every death. Some states require embalming or refrigeration if the body is not buried or cremated within a certain time. Some states don't require it at all. In most cases, refrigeration is an acceptable alternative. In addition, you may choose services like direct cremation and immediate burial, which don't require any form of preservation. Many funeral homes have a policy requiring embalming of the bodies to be publicly viewed, but this is not required by law in most states. Ask if the funeral home offers private family viewing without embalming. If some form of preservation is a practical necessity ask the funeral home if refrigeration is available. This one is a very very hot topic within the industry because I don't even know how to start with this one because embalming um it's the it's the preservation, the temporary preservation of remains by replacing um the vascular fluid with um, formaldehyde or another type of preservative agent and a lot of funeral homes will refuse to have a public viewing without if there is no embalming. Now some consumers don't want that whether it's against their religion but a funeral home does have a right to have a policy. Many Many times they will um, bend over and bend backwards or do something to make the customer happy. But I have heard many, many times that they don't want to take a risk with not embalming the decedent in case that something goes wrong or they're not what we call viewable let's say if the decedent died from an accident or something and that's basically to protect not just the consumers but the funeral homes as well uh, emotional distress is at an all-time high during the funeral services and if your loved one just doesn't look right and you want to have them viewed we can we can we can get into a hot water with that because Again, you may not want to pay for embalming, but if you want a viewing, this might have to be done. There's, there's a lot of, a lot of issues with this last one, because even when I was in mortuary school, I went to school with some friends who worked at firms that said, if you're having a viewing, you better get embalming. And I don't believe that, you know, if, Unless the, the person really needs to be embalmed, I I say, hey, do what the consumer wants. If you just follow the rules and do what the consumer wants, you know, you might, it it, it might go better for you at the end. But that's case by case. It, it's always a different case. Nothing is ever the same exact. No funeral is exactly the same. Another way that some funeral establishments can get away with this is... Let's say refrigeration is going to cost $250 a day. If a funeral home is going to have a decedent within their care for more than a day and they are not going to be embalmed or services and arrangements have not been chosen yet, they can charge a daily rate for refrigeration. Let's say that their embalming costs $500. But their daily refrigeration fee is two hundred and fifty, let's say. Um I've seen many different fees. I'm just I'm just picking numbers here. Uh by the second day you might as well have paid for embalming. So it really it, it just goes how much does embalm, how how what's worth to you if it all depends what what is it worth to you as the consumer, whether your loved one is embalmed or not. Again, it's a case by case analysis. So these are some of the, this is the main gist of what the FTC funeral rule it protects consumers from. And I have 10 different scenarios that I got from Mortuary School. It was a quiz we took in mortuary law. And I'm going to read them and give you the answer as to certain events that would show up and how we'd follow the funeral rule by going with these events. So number one is while you are removing a body from a private residence, the adult daughter of the decedent asks you if the family may have the visitation at the family residence rather than the funeral home. Does the question trigger the requirement to distribute a general price list to the daughter? The answer is yes, because she inquired about a specific funeral service. Number two, your funeral home utilizes an independent contractor for all weekend and night removals. Does the funeral home have to supply the contractor with copies of the current general price list? For the contractor to distribute to family members who may ask about funeral goods or services during the removal. The answer is yes, because you routinely use the removal service. Number three, you believe a competitor may be calling your funeral home and asking about your prices for the purpose of undercutting your prices. You therefore instruct your funeral home staff not to provide price information over the telephone unless the caller identifies him or herself. Is this a permissible practice under the funeral rule? The answer is no, because while you are permitted to ask a caller to identify him or herself, you cannot refuse to provide price information over the telephone if the caller does not choose to identify him or herself. Scenario number four. The funeral home has adopted a policy that only licensed personnel should distribute price lists to consumers. Therefore, if a funeral director is not readily available, the receptionist will inform a shopper to either return at a later time or to schedule an appointment with the funeral director in order to receive a general price list. Is this policy permissible? The answer is no. The receptionist should be instructed to distribute the GPL, but may also be instructed to decline answering questions as long as the consumer is informed of when he or she will be able to meet with the funeral director. I'm going to add my own side note to this scenario is 99.9% of funeral home employees are given the funeral rule guidelines. I know when I worked at a funeral home, the first thing they gave me is the FTC funeral rule because everybody working within this industry must follow it. There are times, I know that not all employees read what is given to them, but just by an employee refusing to follow these guidelines That can be very pricey for the funeral establishment if the consumer complains and if they know that their rights have in some form been violated. Scenario number five, at the very beginning of the arrangement conference, a member of the staff distributes to the family an information packet from the funeral home containing, among other things, a GPL. However, when making arrangements with the family later, the funeral director forgets to refer to the GPL included in the informational packet. Has the funeral director violated the funeral rule? The answer is no. The funeral director has complied with the rule since technically the GPL was given to the family prior to any discussion of funeral goods and services. Event number six. An elderly woman has pre-arranged and paid for a traditional funeral with a visitation. When she dies, her daughter comes to the funeral home to confirm the pre funeral arrangements. In discussing the visitation with you, she decides against holding the visitation. Do you now have to present her with the GPL? The answer to this is yes, because the GPL must be given whenever a consumer changes pre funeral arrangements by altering the selection of goods and services previously purchased. Scenario number seven. At the beginning of an arrangement conference, you are obtaining information from the family for the obituary. When the family informs you that the decedent was a veteran, you inform them that they are entitled to a marker at the local veteran cemetery. Does this disclosure trigger the requirements to immediately distribute the GPL to the family? The answer is no, because discussion with family members regarding veterans benefits and other preliminary matters do not trigger the requirements to distribute the GPL. Scenario number eight. During the arrangement conference with the family, one of the family members asks if an alternative container may be used instead of a casket for a direct cremation. You have previously distributed the GPO to the family. Does the question about an alternative container now require you to also distribute the casket price list? The answer is yes because upon any discussions of caskets or alternative containers, a casket priceless must be presented to the consumer. Scenario number nine, the funeral home places all of its priceless in a three-ring binder, which is presented to families at the beginning of an arranged conference. In addition, the funeral home prints its GPL on a one-page brochure that is available on a table, in the main entranceway of the funeral home does this priceless distribution policy comply with the funeral rule the answer to that is no because the gpl must be given to consumers for retention and consumers in this case receive the gpl enclosed in a three-ring binder and the final scenario that we were given is scenario 10. A family member from out of town who will not be able to attend the funeral makes all the funeral arrangements with you over the telephone. Are you required to send that individual a GPL and Statement of Funeral Goods and Services selected? The answer to this is no. You are not required to send a GPL because there was no face-to-face discussion with the consumer. However, since the consumer arranged a funeral, a statement should be mailed to the consumer promptly. Again, these events are some of the more common events, but like I said, with every funeral, it's different case by case. Not every situation is going to be dip, is going to be the same. Every Everything might be different, but a professional will know what to do in regards to following the FTC funeral rule so that they are not in hot water by by basically taking away the consumer's rights. So that basically ends this episode of Adventures in Death Care podcast. I hope that you guys learned something new, and if you feel I got something wrong, let me know. I hope I did it, but otherwise, let me know. The information that I was given to you, <coughs> excuse me, earlier was from the FTC.gov website about the funeral rule what's cool is if you search for the funeral roll on the ftc.gov website you can get the entire booklet that shows what a gpl cpl and obcpl should look like and more in depth as to scenarios that i just gave you guys so hopefully you guys are now more well versed into your rights as consumers and if you have any questions please give me an uh, give me a shout out on email, deathcare at gmail.com. Also, you can follow me on Instagram at adventuresindeathcare. And, of course, by reading my main blog, adventuresindeathcare at Tumblr. So, adventuresindeathcare.tumblr.com. I hope you guys have a marvelous day today. And remember, at the end of the day, memento mori. Be mindful of death.